Listener supported. WNYC Studios. From WNYC, this is Money Talking. I'm Charlie Herman. The clock is ticking down on President Trump's first 100 days in office. Already the critics and the pundits are weighing in. Trump's first 100 days nearly over. All over TV, we're going to hear about Trump's first 100 days, how he's been doing. And there's already been stories about how the communications team is prepping, trying to spin his first 100 days. I actually think this may be the worst 100 days we've ever seen as a president. Okay, so the whole first 100 days of a presidency is a bit of a construct, one that goes back to FDR and the Great Depression. But it's become a way to measure the successes and failures and leadership style of a new president. And as the end of President Trump's first 100 days approaches next week, how's he doing? President Trump trying to move forward this morning after that stunning health care defeat. The federal judge in Hawaii put the president's travel ban on hold. More than half a dozen states are trying to stop it right now. President Trump takes the first step on one of his first campaign promises to build the wall. One thing you can say, it's been busy and it promises to stay that way. In the days ahead, Trump and Congress need to agree on how to fund the government in order to prevent a partial shutdown right as he celebrates his 100th day in office. Joining me are Rick Newman with Yahoo Finance and Catherine Rempel with The Washington Post. And Catherine, Trump came into office telling us he's rich, that he's a successful businessman, that he knows business. So how is the business president doing? On a number of metrics, I would say he is actually surprisingly anti-business, chiefly because there is so much policy uncertainty right now, which is terrible for businesses, right? If you're trying to make decisions about uh, whom to hire, how much money to spend, whether to buy some capital equipment, whatever, it's very difficult to know what the rules of the road are because we don't know what's happening with tax reform. We don't know what's going to happen with healthcare. So if you're any company in the healthcare space, you have no idea what the system is going to look like. But lots of other things too. You know, uh, what kinds of workers can you hire given that we don't know what's going to happen with immigration policy uh, and various other uh, regulations? But yet the market is doing really well and that's often a sign for what companies and CEOs and businesses and investors, everyone thinks about what's happening. So why is that doing so well? My best guess is that while we don't know what the regulations and uh, legal changes will look like, companies are still expecting that things will shake out in their favor so that we will have some kind of tax changes that will chiefly be tax cuts, which is good if you're a publicly traded company, right? Look, who knows why the market does what it does? And One could imagine that this Trump bump that we have seen is not permanent and the market could eventually turn against Trump and then I don't know what's going to happen. By the way, uh, the surge in the markets basically took place between November 9th and early March. And the markets have been going sideways more or less since then. So they sort of built in all the uh, hopeful expectations of tax cuts and deregulation and things like that. In the first 100 days. And now that that stuff's all taking a lot longer than expected and might end up being a lot less significant than expected, the markets have pulled back. So, Rick, when you look at all the things that Trump said he wanted to accomplish in the first 100 days, how's he doing? Well, it's very easy to lampoon Trump's first 100 days. Part of the problem for Trump is that the things he said he would do in the first 100 days are undoable in 100 days. I mean, just look at health care reform. He famously said, oh, this is more complicated than I thought. He seemed to have, th- think, have thought than that anyone thought uh, that anyone thought. <laughs> right. No one knew except all the people who've been working on this for 25 years uh, before him. But he seemed to think he'd come in. It would just be a matter of, you know, a law would just fly through Congress. Everybody would be fine. Sign with an that. executive order. And sure. It, it would all be fine. Uh, that obviously went 
went down in flames. Uh, two big executive orders right at the beginning on immigration are now tied up in the courts. Neither of those has gone into effect. So he created unrealistic expectations to start with. And now, you know, up to day 100, he's going to have to deal with that. Of course, I'm sure he's going to say, look, uh, you got to give us more time here. It's not realistic to expect anybody to accomplish these very big things we're trying to get done on behalf of the American people in a mere 100 days. Okay, both of you describe to me his management style. Rick. <laughs> I, I wish I had a good handle on it. I mean, the word chaotic obviously comes to mind. He does seem to sort of surround himself with a very small group of people. It's not clear how he decides whom to trust. Um, he obviously trusts family. And I think one of the problems we've seen is that probably works when you're running a privately owned company where you don't really have to answer to anybody except the family. It doesn't really work at all when you're trying to run the U.S. government. So he has not been a consensus builder at all. And we wait to see if that's something he learns to do better. So we have one week left before the government runs out of money and there could be a shutdown. And we're coming up on the 100th day of his presidency how does that affect how funding will get approved and whether or not there might be an attempt to do a big thing like, I don't know, repeal health care? Well, you can't get anything big accomplished if the government isn't functioning. The irony here, of course, is that Republicans who say they favor small government just don't want their portion of the government to be uh, shut down or, or, or shrunk. And we're seeing this all over the place. I mean, the fact that they couldn't get a health care reform or an Obamacare repeal through, uh, they couldn't even get it through the most conservative chamber in Congress, where you think there ought to be agreement among Republicans. This is where we start pruning the overreach of the federal government. They couldn't even get that. It is very difficult, as Trump is learning, to shrink the government because every single part of the government is somebody's paycheck and somebody's turf. And uh, Trump has gone to Washington sort of talking big, but where's the stick? Catherine, if there is a shutdown, who gets the blame? Well, it should be the Republicans, right? They're in charge. <laughs> um, it's hard to continue to, to point fingers at the other party if you have unified control of government. That said, I do wonder if Trump will try to spin this as a victory, which seems totally perverse, that these government leeches are being put out of work for a few days. And so this is – the fact that they couldn't come to an agreement you know, could be seen as a victory in some way, that this is Trump being anti-government. I think the rest of the Republican politicians are not going to see it that way. And uh, we'll do what they can to try to prevent that. Well, to apply a business analogy here, when the operation gets shut down, that's never a sign of success in business. And Trump, who is a businessman, uh, I don't imagine how he could see that as a sign of success. Every time there's a government shutdown, voters overwhelmingly hate it. Polls show they're just disgusted. That's one of the things that drives Congress's approval rating into single digits. And there's nobody to blame but Republicans because they're running the show. Maybe this is a little bit unfair, but how would you summarize this administration over the past 100 days? I'm going to end on an optimistic note because I think Trump is showing signs of learning and he's showing signs that he may govern a wee bit better in the future. Catherine? I would say chaos and growing pains. I hope that Trump is learning and he has changed some of his positions, I think, for the better because he seems to be more informed about certain policy issues. I'm still skeptical that he has the patience to learn as much as he needs to, given his limited background in policy and politics. Well, Catherine Rampell is an op-ed writer for The Washington Post. And Rick Newman is a columnist with Yahoo Finance. Thank you both for joining. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks. And I'm Charlie Herman. And this is Money Talking from WNYC. 